Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. I'm going to give you the number this time. We're at 103. And today we're going to return to some of the basic lessons that we started with uh, two podcasts ago in 101. Just because at the beginning of a new year, sometimes it's good to go back to basics and the things that, that really matter, some of the ground foundational ideas that are good to guide through hard times. Uh, last year was a very difficult year. This year things might start to look a little better, but we're still in the middle of a very uh, intense transition. And Peter and I have some thoughts, some lessons uh, for hard times. How to do your best to move through them and come out the other side with hope and uh, opportunities and good change. These are principles that Peter put together about a little over 10 years ago during the Great Recession. Wrote a paper and we've updated it. He's recently updated it specifically for these times of COVID-19. And so we covered three, uh, two podcasts ago, and we're gonna pick up again with the third one so that we can kind of give you some continuity and continue on for a couple of more. And right. they should they should be of value. I let you go. They ahead. are of value. I've read them, and uh, they're part of a paper that we wrote. That I got to tell you, when I go back to some of the things we've done, it's such an eye opener about how relevant these papers are um, that we wrote. And this one, we the name of the paper. I think we wanted the newspapers. We sent it in for them to publish it. They should have lessons for surviving. We call it now for the COVID nineteen pandemic, finding hope and strength in a time of crisis. And you know what, that's what I want to convey today without being insensitive to the depth and the devastation that this particular crisis has, has wreaked on all of us. Um, we've been fortunate here at the Institute. Um, we have. We, nobody has had the COVID-19 virus here and we see lots of people but uh, we screen them very well but still none of us have had it thank god and in fact we've all been cleared now and uh, for the inoculations total paranoia or fear about it i'll be honest with you um, but at the same time it was such a relief yeah. to get the to get the vaccination it really was and everybody i saw how happy they were one of our uh, people at work here she was so happy to get, was going to get her shot yesterday she was, I could see, she was just really so pleased and uplifted that she could finally do this. Yeah. But you know, there, there is, that kind of hope is happening. There's no question about it. But I don't want to be insensitive at all to the devastation that this terrible thing has, has wreaked on all of us. I personally think about the 450,000 families We've lost loved ones in this last year. And you know, we, we this podcast will be shown at different times over the years. But for today, where we are today, there have been just about 450,000 deaths in the United States. Um, and to me, that's devastating. Um, what's really also devastating is that because of the uh, need to quarantine folks, that their loved ones can't be there to comfort those that are sick and dying. And they have to do it through glass partitions. They have to have nurses go in and convey the messages of the love and comfort. I find that devastating to even comprehend. And my heart goes out to those families, I've got to tell you. Um, so I, I don't want to be insensitive to those that are really suffering and struggling and grieving. 
at the same time, I do want to focus today on the, the, the idea of finding purpose and hope through these terrible crises. Um, there is hope. And we're discovering something that's very interesting. One thing that became apparent is that people were beginning to get on their feet. And so we changed it to how to, how to thrive during, after something like this. Mm -hmm. And so there is an update. Um, this is, I think about when we wrote it then, and then I realize how relevant it is today. We're not talking about thriving at this point. We are still talking about surviving. And it's been a long, hard year for this crisis, really has. And there's been tremendous financial hits. There's been uh, people who've like, lost their businesses, job, uh, others lost their jobs. It's been a brutal, brutal year for so many people. And I want to send my my blessings of hope out to you guys. And um, I, I know, here's the thing that I do know, that we're going to come out of this. And we can come out of it for the better. And that may sound ludicrous to some of you, and I could understand why. But you know what we've discovered? There's a purpose. And one thing that I've seen through this crisis, it's given people time to reevaluate their lives. And um, they've had the time, finally, to take a look at some of the things they've invested themselves in for security and a sense of control and um, for a long time. And what's happened is that's being stripped away. And what we're discovering for many people, um, to be honest with you, they have been very neglectful of very important things in life. We're seeing more people like that. And it's heartbreaking because they don't have a, an arsenal of backup experiences that draw upon because they've avoided, neglected, and ignored what was really important in life just for the idea of financial security, uh, rising higher and higher in the hierarchy of acknowledgement bureaucracies and corporations. And then all of a sudden, these people don't have jobs. And some folks I've left with plenty of money, but so ill-equipped to deal with the kind of life that they've designed for themselves. And now it's becoming exposed, very painfully so. Um, some people respond, we've seen some people respond very well, and it gave them a chance to really begin to do the things they've always wanted to do and just needed the opportunity. And we have a number of those folks uh, working with us, and they are inspiring. And that was someone like that was the subject of our podcast last week, which was Tiger Woods, mm -hmm. someone who was raised, trained to be the top of, of the world in one thing, and the rest of his life he really wasn't prepared for, didn't have the, the ability to, to put together a life for himself in any other way than golf. And then when he had the crisis, he came through and developed in all these well, other the, ways too. But the, 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 before he had the, he was in a crisis. But I think what was really discovered, and that we're seeing this too, is how fragile people who haven't really dealt with the important things in life, um, how fragile and and inadequate they are to cope. And then they begin to do can do some very destructive things too. And Tiger Woods was one of them. He went down in flames and hard, and um, he had all the money in the world and the championships, and he still destroyed his life of what was truly important, because he invested himself in things we call tangibles, money, security, championships, you know, really a sense of almost immortality that nothing was going to affect him, and he was raised to think that way. Well, unfortunately, 
He had all the things that um, anybody could want, except he didn't invest himself in the things that we call intangibles. Family, loved ones, caring, relating to his fellow man, having empathy, being accessible, and relating. Um, he didn't do any of that until he began to come out of his terrible crisis. And it has became, and we've seen this too, it became physical deterioration as well. But what we're seeing today is the insulation, the insular way that we've lived and the barriers we put up uh, between ourselves and each other have been torn down. The barriers that we put up within ourselves to not want to see what was really important in life because it was too revealing and uh, made us feel too vulnerable. Well, that's being exposed too. And this is an opportunity for folks to, it's not painless, but to reevaluate their lives and focus on what really is important. The things that are going to give us resilience, the things that are going to give us purpose and meaning in our lives, and that we're going to leave an impact when we go, a legacy that's going to be carried on of love and caring and empathy and understanding and wisdom and depth. It's an interesting thing and um, it's a painful thing. Uh, Jenny's brother-in-law, a very sweet man who just died of uh, um, early onset Alzheimer's last week, has, it's interesting because his last year was rough. But before that, this was a man, big, hulking, Atlanta, what was he, Alaskan Alaska fisherman. fisherman. He built houses. Big man, six foot seven, strong guy. Yeah. He had an ability to show such love and caring yeah. to his family, his immediate family, his children, his wife, that even when he was deteriorating, they couldn't do enough for him. They love him so much, and he meant so much to them. Well, he since passed away, and that last year was very hard. He, the, uh, the dementia really just took him over, and it's not a pretty sight when that happens. But now that he's passed, what we're really seeing in a very short time is the legacy that her brother-in-law, Scott, has left. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with being, seeing himself and the, wanting the world to see him as very important and influential. And, and he and, came from a wealthy family. And he came from a wealthy family, but he found he didn't, he, he really rebelled against that legacy because he saw the pain that it caused. Yeah. And he wanted something more important, and that was what was really meaningful in life. Hard work, love, caring, um, being there for his kids and his wife, um, taking down his macho facade, and he had one. I mean, he's a big, tough guy. To be just what he, these kids needed mm -hmm. when they needed it, when his wife needed, what she needed. The, the man left a very, I mean, I see the legacy already happening, and it's a, it's a great one. It's heartbreaking, and yet at the same time, he is a vision of what's really important in the world of t intangibles. And this is a man who could have fallen prey to his uh, uh, nuclear, you know, his, his uh, birth family of that had to do with nothing with intangibles. It was everything to do with money and power and accumulation and attitudes of uh, that weren't very good. And they go and this this man rebelled against that to find something that was really meaningful and important and fulfilling in life. He found it, and he conveyed it and shared it with his family and they with him. So. I look at that and I go, there's a, a beautiful example. No, he didn't get past the dementia in the early onset of Alzheimer's. He got him. And that's the heartbreak because he was a, such a sweet soul. None of us are going to be immune from dying. None of us. 
and these things will happen whether we don't expect them at times. But the bigger picture is what kind of legacy are we going to leave? And that's based on the way we live and how we focused on what's really important. Well, this is a time that that question is being exposed dramatically and crystallized, certainly within our society. And there are so many of us that what we thought would give us a sense of almost immortality, a sense of importance, a sense of security and control. Well, <laughs> that's been blown out of the water by this crisis because we can't, we couldn't fix it. This is the kind of thing when even if you're a good-hearted soul and a caregiver like we are, what we're thrown up against is no matter what tools we have, um, we, aren't, we don't have enough to stop certain things in life that we have no control over. Now that's a very painful confrontation for, for caregivers of all kinds, but it's also an eye-opener to what you begin to focus on what's really important. It makes you a more truthful, honest, vulnerable human being. And you'll wind up relating to your fellow man with a much more empathetic and, and uh, caring heart and a sharing heart. That's the difference between the emphasis on tangibles versus the intangibles. Yes. And if I, if I see in our work, I'm seeing it intensely. And it's heartbreaking to see certain people who are absolutely unprepared and they've made an emphasis on the wrong things. And now they're realizing their lives aren't as good as they thought they were. Relationships have disintegrated because they didn't put the energy and effort into it. And they're really ill-equipped to deal with change. Well, this the value of this crisis is, oh, it's going to make you face yourself. And this is your opportunity, although painful, to take take the message about changing, reevaluating, focusing on what's really important in this life. So we're going to, Jenny wanted to go over some of more of those questions, um, the steps that we, we wrote about in some papers we had published um, more than 10 years ago now, um, and they're very relevant today. And um, Sean, look. Sure. Because anybody can get this and ask for it if they want. If you would like this, please let me know. It's a little booklet that Steve, our producer, put together. And it's uh, each page has uh, one of the ten lessons on it. This is the one, if you can see it at all, last time. The first one is slow down. Uh, the idea that you just have to take one day, maybe even just one hour at a time, when things are very That's difficult. The next was to refuse to take on the spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. uh, usually when things are critical, chaotic, difficult, panic starts to build. And mm -hmm. decisions, actions taken in panic mode are not going to be the best choice. They're not, They're no. not going to be constructive. That's right. The third one that we started to talk about last time was to deal with reality, to truly do know what the facts are of the situation that you're in, the, the, the things that are happening, but still remember that facts aren't the complete picture of you and your life. There are other things that matter as well. And Peter was just really talking about this clearly about the tangibles versus the intangibles. That's right. And I think that if we talk to people that really emphasize financial security and all of that, they would say, they would look at us and go, what do you mean facts? They are the whole story and it's not. Um, we've discovered that more times than not, um, that once you evaluate, and you know, we're not telling people to bury their head in the sand and pretend and deny what's going on, you do have to face some of these things that are happening. I mean, the realities of your finances, the realities of your life, your health, your well-being, your family, what's going on in the communities, in the world, you can't deny it. 
and it's painful. Um, it's not a time that gives people, these are not times that give people tremendous comfort. Um, but through it all, what's really interesting is that it's not the whole story. Because if it were, we would be freaking out with paranoia, and I know people do, and panicked and getting worried and anticipating a terrible future. And that would be a mistake. That's the emotions that <laughs> cause and, and contaminate the perspective. And we all have emotions. After you get to a certain point, you've got to know there's more to life. And there's things that are much more important than just the tangibles. And that's very important. And, in, and when you look at it beyond fear, you begin to see that there's other things, the intangibles, that are very, very potent and important. That's where your resilience will come from. That's where you develop a sense of purpose about who you are. And also discover an empathy for your fellow man. There's no question about it. And that selflessness and caring begins to develop. Remember the story of Scrooge on uh, Christmas and what he was like, how cheap he was and stingy and created pain and hurt through selfishness and greed? Well, it's a good story because we've seen people that live like him. And the beautiful part of that story is he did have to look and feel the repercussions of what he did. And there were consequences, and it was painful, horrifying. The pain his selfishness caused and the greed was terrible. And yet through his journey in the story, he begins to discover his own humanity. And it was, it's a beautiful story, it really a is. classic, beautiful story. Classic. Yes. And we have seen more people, when you really look at it, they're Scrooges. And they are having to look at the damage that they've caused. They have to realize that what they emphasized wasn't what was great and wonderful. At the end of that story, he becomes a very loving, charitable, caring human being. And I don't think in that story he ever looked back with regret and remorse anymore about being loving, caring, generous. And making up as much as he could for the damage that he had done is a beautiful story. I really encourage other people to realize that too. There's going to be good that comes out of it, but you are going to have to look at and reevaluate your life. And it may be very painful um, when, you see, when certain things are revealed. There are other people that are going to discover something else though that they are good people. And maybe they didn't emphasize the tangibles as much and the 401ks and rising up the, the chain of, of uh, importance on the job. And they really did emphasize caring and loving for their, for their loved ones, their families, their fellow men. This is gonna be time that those people, even though they feel the same pain as anybody else, will shine because they have the resilience. They have the precious gold of the heart and soul that's going to carry them through these very difficult times. And they'll come out for the better. And that's the message we want to convey today. You can come out of this for the better. We do have the, the, the precious gold of caring for others and reaping certain rewards, rewards that are tangible. But when you see, what, when we work with people, we see them come out of it for the better with hope and renewal and face the difficulties with a completely different perspective. That fulfills us to keep us going. I just want to make sure this message is hopeful but not insensitive. Yes, yes, we don't want to have it be that. And yeah. uh, 
as a further uh, offering toward some hope and some moving forward, want to make sure you know that you could get a copy of our little booklet, The Survivor's Guide to Life, or also the paper that Peter was referring to. Let me know if you'd like it. It is, you don't have to get the title right. Just something about the COVID-19 lessons paper. Any of those words in there, I'll know exactly what to send you. Okay, yeah. And you can reach me or us at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Or probably the easiest for, for a lot of people is to go to our Facebook page and leave us a message there. We are on Facebook or Instagram. Like us or share us. We are the Survivor's Guide to Life. Dot com on all the podcast outlets and we have our own YouTube channel. We are sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, sctraumatreatment.org, which is a 501c3 public charity and we would appreciate if you would think about supporting them uh, because they support us. Thank you for joining us and please join us again next time. Be well and keep the faith. Hang in there. <laughs>